Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 13th of December 2009 and here to give a missionary presentation is Brother Francis Cosgrave. Um, it's an honor and privilege to be, to, to be here again, amen, after so long. It's uh, about six, over six years since we were here and just really is an honor to represent this church as a missionary to the Bajau Sea Gypsies. Amen. That sounds pretty strange, <laughs> uh, but it sounds, I, I can hear myself and you can hear me, I think. Amen. And that's important that you hear. And it's important also that the, the Bajau hear. Amen. Uh, that's why you have evangelism uh, on the streets once a month, I believe, in this church or down there in the city center of Birmingham and down in the shopping centers and you're preaching the word of God on the streets because it's important to people here, amen? For how shall they hear without a preacher and, and how shall they be sent? Um, how shall they go unless they be sent, amen? And so you've sent us to the Bajau and we thank you for that honor and privilege and thank you for joining with us in partnership and you are partners with us because you see, we can't be there unless you Send us, unless you help us, and thank you for that. We're honored to, to serve you here. Let's just turn to uh, turning turning the Bible in your Bibles to Luke, Luke chapter five, verses one to eleven. We bring three points tonight in this in this scripture. Three basic points. And please be praying for Anita as she as she uh, manages the badger when she's uh, assisting them to paint the church at the moment, uh, to varnish it, the building. You'll see the construction of the, of the church in, in, the, in the DVD and uh, what, what was involved in constructing the church. We had to dig in the mud. Uh, the, the church is built upon the water in the, the mud, the black mud, and uh, the Bajau, they built their homes on top of the mud, and the sea comes in, and it's, it's above the sea. Uh, there's no proper sewage in the area, so all the sewage goes straight into the sea. That's where we baptize also. That's where we constructed the church. And you'll see us there digging in the mud, and the tide goes out. We dig a hole, maybe about eight, eight ten feet deep, four, four or five feet wide, and that's where we put the column. 26 columns to, to support the building made of cement. Um, so she's now actually trying to uh, treat the building with a debug. We try to debug the actual timber, which will destroy the timbers, the, the many, many timbers which hold, which, which, which the building is made of. And she's trying to debug that now and to, to varnish the whole building. So pray for her, Nita, as the great work that she's doing at the moment there with the Badger. Amen. Uh, and also please pray for her father, Mr. Taladua, and she's back there taking care of him now. Amen. Okay. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much, O Lord God. We thank you so much for this church. We thank you so much, O Lord God, for the, the faithfulness of this church in heralding the message of the gospel for so many years. We thank you. I believe that it was truly a revival of, uh, of some sort that this church even began. We thank you, Lord God, that that after a time, the, the church did die down to, to some small numbers, but we thank you, Lord God, that you use missionary Larry Curtis to come here and to resurrect, to use him as an instrument, Lord God, to bring, to, to bring this church back uh, from the brink, O oh Lord God. And uh, 
We thank you because you brought this church back from the brink, that the word of God is still going forth from this place uh, in the streets of uh, central Birmingham and other places and all around the neighborhood. And even, O oh Lord, the gospel is being echoed around the world because they are sending forth missionaries from this place. Thank you, O oh Lord, for and the honor and privilege of being one of those missionaries that they have commissioned to go on their behalf to represent this church, the Bajau. Thank you, Lord, because of this church, there have been Bajau which have been saved and who will be there in eternity in heaven uh, with them because they, they sent. Thank you, Lord, for their partnership. In Jesus' name, we thank you and ask you to bless the word and ask you to give us Help me, enable me, Lord God, to minister tonight to these people. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, it says, that it came to pass that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the, by, by the lake of Genesaret. He saw two ships standing by the lake, and the fishermen were gone out of them. They were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him, asked him that he would trust out a little from the land. And then he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he'd left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering says unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, I will let, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in the net break. And they beckoned to their partners which were in the other ship that should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ships, so they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down the knees of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with them, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. Kids, if you want to do that, go back to the back of the church. Okay? Okay. It says in three basic points here. It says in verse 1 that it came to pass that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. And so the need for a press... There was a need for a press, and there was a press. And I thank God that it came to pass. The press happened. There was a pressing to hear the word of God. There's no need for the telegraph press. There's no need for this, this, the, standard, the, new, the standard paper or whatever they call it. There's no need for the times. There's no need for Discovery Channel where it says... Who was Jesus? Documentary. There's no need for that. There is not a need for that kind of press because that kind of press would seek to discredit Christ and the scripture which we know to be the word of God. We don't need the unbelieving world to try to disprove what we know to be already true. Amen. But there is a need nevertheless for a press such as there was by the Lake of Galilee that day. It says it came to pass that the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, that there is a need. 
that people that it will come to pass that the people of Birmingham will press to hear the word of God. That there is a need for. We all know that. Amen. That is the reason why Pastor Larry Curtis is here as a missionary for so many years. Because of the need for there to be yet a yet a press again. As there was in the beginning of this church, I believe many years ago you shared with me that this church was begun by a great revival in this area. Amen. And so there is need yet again for more revival in this area. There's yet so many and so many thousands who are falling into, into eternity lost without Christ and without hope. There's a need for a press if we're, to, if we're to, to save some of those multitudes which are dying and going to hell. Um, a need for a press such as that in the great Welsh revival of 1905-1906 when so many pressed to hear the word of God and fill those churches up. In October 23rd, 1740, Nathan, Nathan Cole, a, a farmer, uh, he was out in his field working. It was a time of the great evangelist George Whitfield when he was on his horse, and he was galloping from city to city, from town to town, or for wherever it would be that God would so lead him, to a mountainside or to wherever it would be, he would be on his horse, traveling the length and the breadth of the United States, preaching the gospel. Amen. And God used George Whitfield, a British man, a great, great evangelist, one of the greatest evangelists this world has known, to, to uh, awaken America for Christ and ushered so many countless thousands into the kingdom of God as they were brought to such repentance that, uh, that they cried out to, to the very God to save their souls under great conviction. And one day, Nathan Cole, this farmer, was out in this field and he was thinking to himself, wow, George Whitfield, wouldn't it be amazing if he was to come to this place, Middleton? He'd heard about how God was using him in so many other parts of America. And then, uh, as those thoughts were passing through his mind, this man on his ho- on, 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 a man comes galloping by and slows to a trot as he sees Nathan Cold in his field, and he shouts and heralds the message, George Whitfield will preach in Middleton at 10 a.m. this morning. And then he continues on on his gallop, heralding the message to any he saw on his way. George, uh, sorry, uh, Nathan Cole runs back to his farmhouse and tells his wife to hurry up. George Whitfield's going to preach this, this morning at 10 a.m. His wife gets into her Sunday best. It's not on Sunday, but they have respect for the word of God, so she gets into her very best. And he mounts her upon the horse. He's, he's saddling the horse while she's getting dressed. Then he mounts her upon the horse. He climbs up behind her, and they gallop off as fast as they can towards Middleton. When the horse would labor uh, uh, too much because of the weight of the two upon them, and the two of them trying to gallop so fast, the horse would labor and breathe heavily, and he'd have to climb off the horse again to give him rest, but, but yet the horse kept pressing on while he would run alongside and then jump upon the horse again until they reached some high ground overlooking Middleton, 
And he looked down in the valley as they were galloping down the, the mountain or the hill or wherever they were, down towards the middle, and they could see there's a great cloud below them. It looked like some kind of a hurricane or some terrible storm, but they cared not for a life or a limb. Even with a hurricane, it seemed in front of them, they were going to Middleton to hear the word of God, or else they were going to die in the process. They got down into the great clouds that was below them. They realized that it was not some great hurricane, praise God, but it was a great cloud of dust, which the, the, the caused by the the horse, the hooves, the, the hooves of the horses, with men and women upon, uh, in the saddle upon the horses, galloping all at one towards Middleton to hear the word of God. And many wagon loads of families going into town, all with one purpose, to hear the word of God. And so there is a need for such again that men would once again press to hear the word of God, wherever it would be in this world as it would be with the Bajau, the Bajau Sea Gypsies, which we are missionaries too, as it would be here or anywhere, the need is the same. And so it says that in verse 5, or verse 4, I should say, when he'd left speaking, he said unto Simon, the first point being, of course, the need for a press. The second one, which we've just seen, the need for a push. The need to push out into the community, amen? So people, the locally, so people can hear and see because they didn't push out far. They pushed out far enough so those around about could hear and see Jesus. So that the need for the push. And then thirdly, we see the need to launch out. The need to launch out into the uttermost part of the earth, amen. So others like the Bajau can hear and see Jesus also. Amen. We see this in verse 4. It says, When he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into deep and let down your nets for a draught. Excuse me a moment. The need to launch out. Launching out is... Uh, launching out is going by faith. Amen. That's what it is. It's going by faith because to launch out, you've got to go far. Amen. And to go far, you cannot see where you're going, maybe. Maybe you don't even know where you're going. Well, you know the direction you're going, but you don't know what's there. And you can't see it. So to go there, it's by faith. And you go there because you know God has told you to go there. In, 2000, in 2008, I believe it was like um, October, November type period. I think it was October at that stage, or November. Um, We've been negotiating with City Hall. The church, the first building was burnt down in 2005. It was the, 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 the actual church was only one week old, actually. I don't mean the actual physical building was one week old, but the actual, uh, the starting of the actual church when people got saved and baptized, that was one week old. The evangelism had been going for over a year at that point. We had two Bible studies going, and after one year, we had our first convert to the Bajau. Amen. Yeah, that's how long it took to win one soul to Christ. One year. Amen. The first Bajau to Christ. Amen. But they were truly saved. And we had a cousin also saved near the, near the same time, cousin of Nidus. And so we baptized them there in the sea, um, in, in those conditions that you'll see in the film. And, um, and so we built this, the, the, uh, 
It was in one of these little shack huts, about 12 by 12, you know, uh, supported by bamboos and with nipa leaf roof on the top. Uh, if there's any Filipinos here, they'll understand what a nipa leaf is. It's, it lasts about two years and you've got to change it. But it's very beautiful to, to look upon, but also very potential fire hazard also. And this whole village was a potential fire hazard too because it's all made of scrap wood and all kinds of stuff and it's all clustered together on the sea. The, uh, our, our church building was out there in, in, the, in the far part of the village, um, out in the middle of the sea there. And to get there, we, we built this walkway, four feet wide, 92 feet long, um, zigzagging through the village. But it's a very nice, beautiful walkway. We even sent a photograph back, you know, per letter about it. And we were really happy about that and so excited that the, the, the church has finally begun. These are baptized, you know. And then one night, the whole place, the fire, fire came along and just swept through the village in just no time at all. The whole place was burnt down. More than 300 homes. And so our, uh, actually there was, and there's like five, sometimes six families sometimes living in one home sometimes, you know. So there's quite a lot of people homeless. But they all escaped with their lives because they all ran down the new walkway. And they all escaped the flames. Nobody was killed. Amen. So God has a purpose. It wasn't a waste. Amen. Um, but then we had nowhere to meet. Our first service, our only service we had uh, before the fire was 40. That was the biggest we ever had, was 40. And uh, we thought we were doing great. And I think we all, well, by God's grace, we were. And it was God's work. We put up a tent on this reclamation land. And uh, all of a sudden, we had 200 coming to the church, just like that. They were so, so, all of a sudden pressing to hear the word of God. Those same ones that we were pleading and praying to come to church before would not come, or to Bible study, whatever it was before that. Um, now they were singing the praises of God. Uh, Amazing Grace in Bajai, you heard Nolisa sing it tonight, and many other songs, At the Cross, At the Cross, I First Saw the Light. They were singing these songs, and there's like four services a week, and they were truly were pressing to hear the word of God. Amen. Um, what am I saying that for? Uh, oh yeah, and now, now, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I'm, I am tired. I really, and I really apologize because I'm not. I'm sharing the wrong example. I'm either tired. I'm getting older. Both. Amen. <laughs> what am I sharing this for? Please excuse me. Um, uh, in 2008, it was time to build a church, and so. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. I was sharing that because the building was burnt down. And then we started negotiating with the, with, the, with the city hall to build a new building. Well, it took about, uh, it took um, from 2005 to, to 2008, uh, 2008, yeah, uh, before, they, before we finally got the clearances to build. And so then I decided I was going to sail to Luzon, and I was going to look for Anna Hal Lumber to build the church. Now, I didn't know where in Luzon I was going to get the lumber. I had no address, I had no contact. But I just knew that God was leading me to go to Luzon to get the Anna Hal. And so I got on a ship at 6 p.m. I left. The next morning, I arrived halfway in a place called Masbati Island. And we were sleeping in, uh, on the ship on these bunk beds. In the Philippines, you sleep on bunk beds. And you're all sleeping in like a big deck like this. And there's hundreds of bunk beds all in the same deck area. And beside me, when we arrived on a bunk bed, was a man from Masbati. And he said that his boss has a big estate. And in the jungles, high in the mountains, they got lots of anhau. He says, why don't you come with me, uh, and, and I'll bring you there. And so I, uh, I, I jumped in the back of his truck. Um, his workmate came to collect him at the port. I jumped back in the tr- on the back of the truck. He drove to uh, 
the boss's house, Mr. Salvation, his name was, uh, anyway, and um, met his wife, and I asked her, what's your name, ma'am? She says, my name is Divine. And I says, wow, praise the Lord, wow, Divine. Uh, and I said, divine salvation, you know, divine providence, truly, God has led us to this place, you know? Amen. I mean, and, uh, and I said, what were your last name? She says, my name is divine salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, come on. Wow. You know, I mean, and so, you know, um, and from that, of course, we got the timber that we needed to build the church. It wasn't quite as simple as that. But, you know, so launching out is going by faith. Amen. And that's not an example of launching out by faith. I don't know what it is. But that is definitely an example of going by faith. Amen. And then letting go, uh, uh, launching out by faith, and then letting go of self and holding on to Christ. That's what we do when we launch out. We let go of ourselves. Not me, but Christ. Amen. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not I, but Christ, which lives in me. We let go of ourselves and we hold on to Christ when we launch out. And we hold on to him, believing, amen, that he's guiding us and he will take us to where he desires us to, and he will take us to the place of his blessing, amen. Letting go of, uh, letting go of self, um, Letting go uh, and holding on to God to fulfill his promise, you know. Um, Jesus, Jesus said to, to Peter to launch out into deep and let down your nets for a draught. Um, what did Peter do? Peter said, Lord, we have fished all night and caught nothing. What, you know, uh, uh, and, and so, but then, but then he said, nevertheless, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Peter let down the net, you know. Uh, but uh, Jesus had called for the nets. But Peter was thinking, you know, well, what's the point in the nets? You know, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. So, Lord, well, okay, at the word, at your word, I will let down my net. But once again, when Christ said to, G to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. He wasn't just talking to Peter. I believe he was talking to the whole crew because Peter was a skipper. He was talking to the whole, the whole crew as well. When he's addressing the skipper, he's addressing the crew as well. When, when, when Christ is addressing the pastor, he's addressing the whole church as well. Amen. And so uh, Peter, Peter was thinking to himself, well, what's the point in letting down the nets? Well, I'll just let down my net. No need for everybody else on the ship to let down their nets also. I mean, we've, we've fished all night already and we caught nothing, so one should be enough, you know? And so he lets down the net. And, and what was the result? It says that uh, in verse 6, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and the net broke. The net broke, which means that uh, many of the fish that, he, that they caught in the net, there were so many fish, the net broke, which means that some of the fish escaped. You know? And so uh, you, you have in this church, you have some people in the church, and they're letting down their nets. Amen. 
You know, Brother Steve's letting down his net. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, Pastor Larry Curtis is letting down his net. Others in the church are letting down the net. But, um, but, but the, the result is if, if everybody's not letting down their nets, well, then the nets are going to break and fish are going to escape. They can't, they can't catch everybody. They can catch, they're going to try to catch as many as they can. But as Steve prayed in his prayer tonight, that um, I think he prayed about the uh, preaching of the gospel and that more people would be saved. Amen? Right? And so, um, but you can't catch everybody. Amen? You can't get everyone in your nets. And so, there's a need for all of us individually to let down our nets also. Not just depend upon the pastor's net to catch everybody for Christ. You know, God, we're all members of the crew here. Amen? You're all members of the church here. God has given you a gospel net too to catch fish for Christ also. You know, uh, if not, if we don't use our nets, all of us use our nets, it means that, that some of these other nets, which have been actively used, will be broken and become worn out and the fish will escape, you know? Um, or maybe the fishermen will become tired and worn themselves and the fish will escape and then those souls which could have been won to Christ, will be lost forever. And so there's a need for every one of us here to let down our net. We're, part, we're on the crew. We're on the ship. We all need, it's all hands on deck. We need to let down our nets. You know, if you think about it, I just had a talk today that, that the skipper, the captain, doesn't do a lot of physical work. He gives the navigation instructions. Right, or he gives the, the, the instructions to the crew, and he says, okay, hoist the sail up, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do, and you see them climb up the sail, you know, the big old sail ships. I mean, the work that those guys do, or the crew members, is just incredible. It's phenomenal, you know? Um, but the, the skipper himself, maybe he's at the wheel, and he's turning the wheel or whatever he's doing, you know? And his, his workload is a lot less than the crew, so I believe that Christ expects the crew to do the lion's share of the work of, of heralding the gospel message out. Amen? You know? And so we need to be like a, like, a, like a ship. Imagine that we are all crew members. Are we just sitting there on the deck in, on, our, on, our, on, our, on our sunbed, sunbathing or on our deck chair, supping orange juice or something? You know, while the, the captain is there with the thang and he's, you know, do you want some more ice in that, uh, in that um, orange juice or something like that? You know, no, no. We need to be all active, active, you know, uh, as active as, as a real ship would be. You know, and when it gets stormy, we need to be ever more alert, amen? When trials and troubles come along in the church, we need to be ever more active. And, uh, and so... I think it's a wonderful illustration, I think, when we look upon it that way. Amen? Um, and so the result was that, nevertheless, they still caught an incredible amount of fish. It says that they, that they uh, caught so many fish that they filled two boatloads, so much so that the boats could not contain the fish that they caught. That the result was the, the boats began to sink with the weight of the fish that they already caught, you know? And um, 
And what was the conclusion of this message here? In verses 8 to 11. In verses 8 to 11. It says that when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draw to the fishes which they had taken. You know, he fell. The result, the conclusion is, is that it should cause all of us to fall down on our faces before God. When we see the great need for, for our press, you know, for oppressive people. When, when we have a desire to see so many people come to Christ and a desire for them to have a desire to, to know the word of God and to be saved, well, then that will cause us to fall down our knees before God and say, oh, Lord God, I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm not worthy at all. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Oh, Lord, break the hearts of this people. Break their hearts to stone. Oh, Lord, draw them to Christ, because no man can come except they be drawn, except the Holy Spirit of God move upon this land and break their hearts and draw them. Surely they will not come. Oh, Lord, it will cause us to fall on our faces before God. It will cause us to confess our sinfulness in the sight of a holy God. Isaiah said similarly to Peter, he said in Isaiah chapter 6, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In the same chapter, the Lord said, um, uh, and Who shall I send? Who shall I send? Who shall I send to be the pastor of this church, you could say? Amen. Who shall I send to be the great evangelist? Amen. You already have a good evangelist in this church. Who shall I send to be the pastor to feed the flock of God wherewith Jesus has purchased his own blood for this flock? But there needs to be a shepherd to feed the flock. You already have a very good shepherd. But I think we're going to need a new shepherd one day to continue on this great work which has already begun, to feed the church of God. Because without a shepherd, the wolf will come and scatter the sheep and destroy them. And they'll go all directions without a shepherd. We need the shepherd. When, and God is asking, who will go for us? Any volunteers, who will go for us? Who will I send? I thank God for, for Isaiah. He said, here am I, Lord, send me. And then the next question he asked was, How long, O oh Lord, how long do you want me to go? How long do you want me to preach? How long do you want me to be a missionary? How long do you want me to be a pastor? How long do you want me to be an evangelist? How long do you want me to be a Sunday school teacher? How long do you want me to be a faithful father and mother bringing the gospel to my own children and family and in the community? until the cities be wasted without inhabitants, and the land is utterly desolate. That's so long. Amen? But finally in the conclusion, Jesus says, Jesus said, 
in verse, verse 10. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Let that be our motto, from henceforth we shall catch men. Amen? Not doubting that you already are, but we need to continue to remind ourselves that needs to be our wonder, number one priority in life. And hence more forth, we should catch men. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. <laughs>